Who is it? Oh. Oh, it's you. What are you doing? Get in here. You're late for the podcast. What's going on? We got a lot to talk about. We got to talk about Norwegian making cuts. We got to talk about Aida giving raises. You know, there's some bad, bad behavior going on on some cruise ships, that, and the chickens are coming home to roost for that. We're talking about mustard drills this week, and have you guys ever been on a cruise ship called the Carnival Elation? We got to talk about that, as well as the Norwegian Joy and your emails. Guys, we better not waste any more time. Let's start the show. Oh, we back for another one, right? Hey. <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey, it's the night before the cruising. If I'm honest, I ain't sleeping. But even if I could, I'd be dreaming about this weekend. All the fun we about to have as we taking this vacation. Always be booked on our way to embarkation. Because we know it's in store. Pockets and palm trees. Tropical sea breeze and frozen daiquiris. Oh, please. Thank you, sir. Yes, I think I'll have another. Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going, and the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running beers Thanks for giving us your ears, through the laughter and the tears But we just getting started out here, give us a holler If you're looking, you can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas Getting hotter as we go, cones and we united So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show. We're coming to you, not quite live, from, you know, people say, are we live? Are we live? You gotta, you gotta be careful with the word live. We're not live. None of these things are live unless you see a big giant live on a YouTube stream or a Facebook stream or Instagram live. It's never live. That's why I say not quite live. But either way, we are from South Florida, sunny South Florida. As I look out this window, it is just gorgeous. I mean, you're looking at palm trees. You're looking at absolute unobstructed view of the clear blue sky. And, uh, you know, it's the middle of freaking January. And, you know, I'm not I don't say that to rub it in. I say that to give thanks and to show appreciation for where I am in this part of the world right now. Uh, Beatrix, don't get mad. I want to just Beatrix. I got to come at you. It was just hysterical. So myself and Beatrix, we're going on a cruise on uh, January. I'm sorry, February 6th. And, uh, you know, she's doing some research and she hasn't cruised in a while, even though she is triple booked this year. She's basically going to be a seasoned veteran by the end. But she she basically she she messaged me in a panic about testing. What does this even mean? Uh, unsupervised test versus supervised. She was all in a in a in a in a huff trying to figure out her pre-cruise testing situation. And uh, I'm like, she kind of startled me a little bit because I'm like, you know, Beatrix usually has her act together. And uh, I'm wondering what the hell's going on. I'm like, did I miss something? Like, we're, And she's sending me all sorts of, uh, you know, instructions and citing me to websites of Royal Caribbean. And, you know, it was a little misunderstanding, but she did get me for a minute. Beatrix was in a very, very, um, I guess she was in a little bit of a frustrated state trying to figure out what what kind of test she needed to board this upcoming cruise on our uh, Freedom of the Seas cruise ship. So, 
Uh, yeah, no, that was fun. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out at the beginning to the Patreon people because I've been getting some good emails and some good interaction from Patreon people lately. We are up to almost 70 people at the $80 level. And I want to say like that is true. You know, I think podcasting in general, from my point of view, podcasting in general is a companion. That's what it is. It's someone who's going to be in your ear, whether you're on the treadmill, whether you're on your commute, whether you're doing anything that are, you know, it's eye independent. It's eye independent entertainment and something you could take grocery shopping. I mean, I grab my headphones on when I'm going to the grocery store and it's just good to listen to people. And I want to say something about the Patreon and you guys and everybody in general. When I do a show five days a week, you know, on the Patreon, it is because it's, you know, I, I, what I, my goal is to kind of just be with you guys and, and kind of form a little bit of a bond through daily content. And like I said, the word being companionship. And I just want you guys to know that on those five days, every single day that we do that, I want you to know that it does go both ways. You guys are providing that to me as well. Last night, I just went off. I don't know. I started talking about the restaurant business and whatever else. Like Again, I'll be the first to tell you, the Patreon is not for everybody. If you are here for cruise content, cruise information, hard and fast, ready to go, uh, you know, just, just the facts, ma'am type thing to all the people who remember uh, Dragnet. I meant Dragnet. I haven't heard that in a while. Shout out to Dan Aykroyd and whoever else was the older version of that too. But I kind of just went off. And so so for that reason, it kind of gives me a little bit of an outlet. And if you guys know, if you guys listened last night, you know that I kind of worked something out of my mind to where I came full circle on an original idea I had for fast casual restaurants and wondering why it was never done. And then in mid-podcast realized that that was emeralds that was emeralds on carnival celebration and mardi gras so again i do digress and i'm, I'm talking a little bit more about the patreon but if you are interested in getting five shows a week uh for eight dollars a month you go to patreon.com slash always be booked p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash always be booked at the front end the only other thing i'll ask of you is please if you have not yet done so go subscribe to youtube we're doing the youtube uh launch the youtube release is going to happen in the next day or week whenever whenever i can bring myself to start making these videos and uh you know they'll be bad at first and they'll get better as we go along that's just it what it is that's what we do here it's always be both cruise podcast and in general i am so happy to have you guys here i do feel like we are green and growing so that is good let's talk norwegian We've mentioned it before. Uh, they're making cuts. You know, all the cruise lines are making cuts. And the recent most notable, oh, I guess, round of cuts is on Norwegian cruise lines. And they are cutting Kinky Boots as a production show. Kinky Boots has to go is what the, the bosses over at Norwegian are saying. And, you know, it's 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 crazy because you're hearing a lot of kickback a, a lot of pushback on a lot of this and you know me guys i've been very very critical of the cruise lines as far as all the cuts that they've been making i guess what i have to say is it's not always are you making cuts and what cuts are you making and being disappointed in the cuts with me it's many times 
how you're making the cuts because this is what I have to do. I got to put a little bit of a disclaimer in there and I got to say the cuts to these cruise lines overall, I can't be mad at from a fundamental standpoint. Okay, I can't sit here and be like, screw these cruise lines because that is the same mentality. And I'm not mad at you guys for this, but I heard so much talk about, you know, when the cruise lines were coming back and how great it was and how thankful you were that you're on this ship that holds 19,000 people, but there's only 150 of you on board and you have all the space. Guys, do you like to cruise? Because I like to cruise. If we like to cruise, we want to see cruising continue. And it is in our interest as avid cruise fans for this business to be as healthy as possible. So when you're talking about celebrating the fact that there's, I mean, let's talk real numbers. There's, you know, 1,100 people on a ship that holds 3,500. That's not good for anybody. Guys, that is not a sustainable business model. These cruise lines that we know and love so well are not going to be able to survive with those types of numbers. So I'm happy to see a full ship. Me, I got, I'm a different breed anyway. I like a full ship no matter what, you know? I mean, if you're going fishing in a lake... Uh, I want there to be as many fish in that lake as possible. I think that gives me the best chance to catch your fish if you you know you know if we're talking pocketry. But that's more the old days than it is now anyway. But I guess you can extrapolate that out. And this is a word that I'm using a lot, and I do know what it means, but I think I'm misusing it a lot just because I like saying the word extrapolate. But if you extrapolate that out to um, to 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 the entertainment and just cuts in general. I think you have to proceed with the same type of mentality if you want cruising to continue. You're talking about the debt. I celebrated these cruise line financial officers and these CEOs and all the crazy gymnastics that they had to take on in order to be able to sustain and survive. And you wonder how they did it. You wonder how could a cruise line with so much overhead, how much, how could an industry with so much overhead kind of, you know, sustain and stay in business with the fact that they were shut down for the most part for the better of two years? Well, now you're learning how they did it. Okay. You're learning the financial gymnastics that they did do with all the financial institutions that are out there and the maneuverability that they did have and they did use in order to be able to survive. And now that the industry is back and people are cruising again, you're seeing that you know some of those moves that they made are not necessarily something that, uh, you know, you're not going to just snap your finger and be out of the out of the weeds with that. So with all the debt that they took on, all the loans, all the equity that they parted with, and all the current situation with the rising interest rates and fuel costs and everything like that, they're finding themselves in a situation to make unprecedented cuts. So again, when I when I got mad with Carnival, I, I was a little hard on Carnival a few weeks back about you know with me it's like dude do you have to just start assaulting us with 15 20 cuts in a row i didn't like so much at one given time i didn't like that i don't mind cuts as much as i mind new charges okay i think i like if you got to cut things from a cruise i'm going to find a way to have fun on a cruise ship and if you have to strip cruising down and t- and set it back five, eight, 12 years. I like that 
more than taking things that I'm used to getting for free and now making a new normal where now I have to pay for that service and I will have to pay for that service in perpetuity. So that's where, you know, that's that's what bothers me. If you're telling me, listen, we're broke and I got to cut this expensive show, I'm not going to get as mad. Now, I have to give full disclosure on this too. I do not go on cruise ships to see cats or kinky boots or Jersey Jersey boys or anything like that. I do go to the show sometimes and when I do, I typically enjoy them. But I'm not, you know, I'm not like a lot of people who go on cruising and and rate entertainment i mean no no not entertainment i do rate entertainment very high on cruise ships uh but not main show lounge entertainment not main production uh entertainment i don't rate that very high so yeah kinky boots taking a taking a back seat. that's why i was always like you know when i was on these oasis class ships it's just stunning to me but i guess that makes sense so here what we're doing with kinky boots so this is they have multiple production shows on many of these Norwegian ships. And what I found out is that these are separate casts in many ways. Now I'll say that, you know, just like I'm not mad at the fact that they're going down to one turndown service, one room cleaning a day, can't get mad at that. Now, I will say, if you're gonna do that, I hate to see uh, people get let go. and I hate to see gratuities go up and I hate to see, Uh, people's wages get decreased. If you're going to do both on both ends, I'd prefer you say, hey, we're going down to one turndown service so we can retain the staff and make sure everybody still gets paid. But no, if you're doing one turndown and you're cutting staff and decreasing wages, that makes me a little sad. Again, not hateful. I'm not, you know, you know, I'm not calling you the evil empire, but it does make me a little sad. But if you're just going to, you know, if you have multiple production shows going on with multiple casts, I could see, you know, I have no problem with that. I th- I do think that's pretty egregious. I will say that that is pretty luxurious. As cruise fans, we should not expect a cruise line if they have two or three different multiple, uh, uh, multiple let's just say, m- production shows, Broadway or not. I think there should be one cast. For me, you know what? Maybe two shows. One of them's maybe if you want to do a, a a crazy production show like like a Kinky Boots, or you know some of the ones that are self generated as well, or maybe you want to you know mix in a decades show, you know a decade review, or or you know one of those basic ones. I think cruise lines are going above and beyond. I would never expect a cruise line. To hold, I don't know what a cast is. I forget. So the orchestra is one thing, but you're you're talking about the players, the singers, the dancers, and actors. I don't know how many of them there are in total on a given cast. Let's call it twelve to fifteen. I think you go with one of those. I think it's pretty selfish to expect there to be more than one cast on a cruise ship. So if that's what's happening with Kinky Boots. Is disappointed as I am, not for me, but for those of you who enjoy the entertainment and want those multiple, you know, uh, you know, high level, high production, expensive shows. I do feel for you, but I totally understand it and won't get mad at that. Uh, it sucks that a lot of them got the information last minute. Uh, I do think, you know, if 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 they are able to place these people somewhere else on other ships. 
a little consolidation. I think that's appropriate. That's all. That's all you can really. That's all you can really ask for. Again, I don't love it, but it is what it is. Uh, the antithesis to that. Another word I like to say sometimes. Antithesis. Uh, the opposite. <laughs> as I have to explain. As if I have to explain that to you. Uh, Aida. Aida is a cruise line that is under the Carnival umbrella, and they are giving raises to them. Now, this is, I mean, this is PR genius. If the financials work out, is this is PR genius, public relations genius. Uh, yeah, Tommy, why don't you keep explaining things to them like they don't know what PR is. You got to give the, uh, you know, the backstory behind the acronym. In one year, the cruise line has returned 7,000 employees and they hired 6,000 new. And that's just in the past year. And this is obviously a move where the company is trying to give thanks. And uh, what they're also doing, though, is extending the shore leave for new crew members. And that's pretty crazy to me. If you're going to do it, what are the terms? Who, who decides whether or not it's just new employees? My question is, why wouldn't you do that for everybody? Why is it just the new people that are getting extended shore leaves? I guess that's between contracts. Uh, I'm, I'm also guessing probably because these are newbies and ship life is a different thing. You could hear all sorts of people wax poetically about what type of crazy life it is. If when you want to, I guess, dedicate a life to being at sea and working on a cruise ship. And that's not the easiest thing to get used to. So maybe that's the situation. Maybe they're easing, giving them a soft landing, a soft entry point into the world of cruising. So that's what it is. You have a 5% increase for pay for all onboard employees. How they're going to do that is in phases. First phase, this it's going to happen by February for the first 2.5%. So everybody will see a 2.5% raise reflected in their paychecks with, by, by the end of February. And then the second 2% is going to kick into effect in July. So Again, yeah, you want to be the first thing you want to say is maybe you should get you should give let's give it to them. Let's just give it to them right away. 5%. You give them a raise, give them a, give them a raise. But, you know, there's people in offices that are smarter than us that have worked out these numbers and this is what seems like it's feasible to the cruise line. I find it a little interesting that, you know, this is Aida the German cruise line, the German, uh, I guess, uh, if you want to talk about, you know, Carnival being the U.S.-based, uh, Costa being the Italy-based, you have P&O being the British-based, and then you have Aida being the German version, and it's all kind of like, they, they, they're very similar mainstream, those are all pretty much mainstream mass market cruise lines under the Carnival umbrella. Why does... Aida get to do that. Are they the smallest? That's probably it. You, you would imagine that this would have to be approved by the Carnival Corporation. And if there's going to be a cruise line to do it, you know, let's do, I guess, maybe do it with the one that's going to cost the least. That's a total guess by me. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? It seems to make sense. All right. We have a little bit of bad news. So we'll talk about something that's not the most pleasant thing to talk about. And that is a, an apparent sexual assault on a cruise ship that is uh, coming to maturity right now. Uh, there was a cruise back in uh, August of 2020. And it was on the way from Iceland back to Boston. And uh, I guess on the morning of August 30th, 
uh, some guy was getting crazy. Yes, he was out on early morning. So when we say early morning, I think we all pretty much know this just means late night. And uh, he was running around the clubs. This was on the Celebrity Summit. And, uh, you know, so apparently the story goes is that the gentleman was partying or doing whatever he was doing. He went to the bathroom. A crew member came in to clean the bathroom. And this guy started rubbing his forearms. You know, the whack job on the the whack job passenger started rubbing the crew member's forearms. So this was questioned by the crew member, uh, obviously, and understandably so. So he said, what, what are you doing? What, what, what the hell is this? So instead of getting the idea that this was unwelcome, the guest decided that he was going to sexually assault this person. And I guess, you know, just misconduct. I think he was trying to play around or whatever. But he grabbed the guy where he's not supposed to grab him with both hands. And this is not okay. And this freaked the guy out this freaked the, the the crew member out obviously so the crew member was about to run out of the bathroom and seriously looked disturbed and i guess the the guy got serious after that he's like oh you this upset you you didn't like this and the crew member says no i don't did not like this and then the guy kind of changed his tune a lot and said hey i'm sorry i i please let's not escalate this let's not bring this to the authorities uh he did not receive those wishes and these were brought this was brought to the authorities and now he is going to have to appear in court just a couple of days from now on January 20th in Boston. And what it looks like is that he is facing some charges. It looks like two years in prison and up to $250 in fines. Now, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. You know, you wonder how these types of things... You know, this guy's obviously crazy. You know what I mean? He's a nut job. And, and you have to know that you're not supposed to do this to people. That is an absolute sexual assault. If it happened from a man to a woman, that type of thing. It's And it's no different. You have to look at it as no different. And I understand that. But, you know, I guess, you know, guy to guy, sometimes the edge is taken off a little bit from a perception standpoint. I just think about if this happened to a woman, if a man cornered a woman in a bathroom somewhere and did that to her. You know what? This guy's got to go. This guy's got to go. So I think that, you know, common. I, I, I guess the, the, my first inclination is to think that this has to be the same situation as that. I think this guy does regret it. I think he was probably drunk and just trying to horse around. But, you know, well, what does they say on that new way? You know, there's something going around. You know, the, the chart says it. If you're going to F around, you're going to find out. And it looks like on January 20th in a court in Boston, this gentleman is going to find out. All right, let's move it along to mustard drills, everybody's favorite topic. You know, when we talk about mustard drills, I just feel like everybody perks up. You know what I mean? It's like your favorite song. It's like your favorite comedian telling a fun joke. Just mustard drills in general. Just brighten the room and lighten the mood no matter where you go. Obviously, I'm kidding. Okay? But here's the thing. So Disney and Norwegian bringing back the original muster drill the muster drill and you know just to recap you to people who have been living under a hull for the last however many years uh muster drills 
That's when you go out, you line up with everybody, your fellow cruisers, and you got to sit through a, uh, you know, you got to sit through twenty minutes of waiting for everybody to assemble first, and then you sit through another twenty minutes of, you know, instructions. Very, very valuable safety instructions, and I don't want to discount those instructions. I think those instructions are imperative for everybody who's cruising on the ship uh, to have. But I guess the question is. How should those instructions be communicated? You know, there's been a new way. You know, everybody loved it because COVID came and upon the return, it became uh, not advisable to put everybody together on a promenade deck. And, you know, it's just basically a, um, a safety risk. You know, it's not socially distance friendly. But now we're finding out as the social distance thing is kind of falling, uh, falling by the wayside, a lot of the cruise lines seem to be dealing with a lot of frustration in terms of trying to get people to go to, because you have to watch the video, but then you have to check in real quick. You know, you still have to go check in and you have to receive instructions on how to put on your life preserver. And that is by a live person. And then they could check your name off, noting that you had got it done. So, I guess what's happening is that a lot of people are not going to this. They're wasting time. They're delaying sailaways. It's a problem. You know, nobody wants to hear the continuous announcements from the cruise director. Listen, we still don't have a lot of people who haven't done there. We still have a lot of people who haven't done their check-in. You know, I know you watched the video. You did this. You did that. But, you know, I don't know. So, so my thoughts on this are, you know, how is that even I watch how they did this, and I did not see this as a uh, realistic approach anyway. You have someone down there. They're standing in the muster station. I know when I've done it. I, I get on cruise ships late, okay? So when I get on the cruise ship, they're, uh, they're already yelling at me. They're already yelling at me because, you know, you haven't done your muster drill. But I just got on the ship. So I put my stuff down in the room usually, and then I go. That's usually the first thing I do. I go down there, and I'm usually by myself when I do it, whether it's because I'm late or whatever the reason is. But my question is how it's not productive for them to have to go through that life vest demonstration. That thing does take, I don't know, what is it? two and a half minutes, three minutes. And they do, they, they are very thorough with it. And you try to have a little fun with it. You know, you, it's a nice interaction and everybody that I've gotten the, the drill from, they've, they've been very, very nice. And they've been very, I guess, you know, as, about as uh, pleasant as you could possibly be having just given that life vest demonstration. I don't know how many times I would love to know that number. You know, I'm sure they don't do it individually one by one to 6,000 guests on an Oasis-class ship. I'm sure there's groups of 10, maybe even groups of 15. But still, how many times does that person, is that the most efficient way to do it? I don't know. I don't know. The only thing I will say, and, and I can't be too mad because in my opinion, again, the vacation does not necessarily start until that muster drill is done. I want all my administrative responsibilities in my rear view before I have my first drink. Because ah, uh, contrary to popular belief, I am I can be sometimes a little bit of a lightweight when it comes to drinking. And if I get any type of a buzz going and then interrupt that with a 40-minute process in terms of like a, a, a muster drill, I'm going to have an issue and I'm going to start getting sober. And then when, when I'm starting getting sober means I'm going to start getting hungover. And, it, and I'm not really the rally guy, you know. 
I'm the type of drinker when, you know, uh, sometimes I can go three and a half, four hours. Sometimes I can go five and a half, five and a half, six hours. Depends on a lot of things. Who knows? But I'm the type of drinker that has that window, and that window is not to be interrupted. Yeah, have I? Has that has has there been exceptions to that rule? A hundred percent. But I typically need to check out. You know what I mean? I need. I get. I get my when the first ounce of liquor hits my lips. Ah, uh, the time is ticking. And you know what? There'll be a bed. At the other end of that, there'll be a bed. There won't be a let's drink a couple of drinks. Let's drink five or six drinks. Get a little buzz. Have dinner. Shower up. Go back. No. it's. A, I mean, it has happened, yes. But it's not comfortable for me. It's not good. I'm a, I'm a, I got a window. That's how I do it. So if you're going to jam a mustard drill in the middle of that window, and I've been day drinking since one, and I got you know seven or eight in me already. In Carnival, that's half the drink package limit for the day. But if I got seven or eight in me and now you're going to stop me up for 40 minutes, close all the bars, and then you got to deal with the nightmare of trying to get back to a bar or wherever it is after the mustard drill breaks up because you got such a high concentration of people on those elevators or whatever. It's just, you know, so I just say, you know what, my vacation starts when all this stuff is behind me. I am unpacked. The suitcase is under the bed. The mustard drill is done. I've handled any guest services BS that I have to handle. Then the vacation starts. You know? I'm not in a rush. I'm going to be here for eight days, guys. I'm not going anywhere. You're not getting rid of me. I'm going to be here for eight days. Plenty of time to hit the bar. I don't need to do it at noon on day one, embarkation day. And that's just me. I'm not knocking anybody. I know people who think I'm an idiot for that. Get your money's worth. What are you talking about? You're not going to get your money's worth? You're paying. You're paying for the cruise. You're paying for the drink package. Get your money's worth. It's not my style. One thing I will say that is good about the mustard drill is kind of like a little bit of a takeoff what I just said. Now, you have all that stuff going on. You can turn the mustard drill into a bit of a ceremony. So my advice on mustard drills is I'm sorry, guys. I'm not going to be one of the first ones there. And people are going to get so mad at me. And I do wait it out. And I do wait it out to the last couple of warnings. Because the last thing I will do is stand there in the back of the line with nine people ahead of me staring at a bunch of, you know, staring in the back of a bunch of heads all, on all sides of me. No. I want to be the I want to be the first one to be able to get out of there. I want to be the last one in and the first one out. You only achieve that by showing up on the later side. I want to be on that front row. I want, to, I want to get a good view of the life jacket. I want to see it right in front of me. And I want to be out of there. But what I'm saying is an advantage is, is, is it's, kind of cool, it's kind of a cool moment. I always talk about the Verrazano Bridge. And when you sail under the Verrazano Bridge, that's the beginning of your New York sailing vacation. You're cruising out of New York, sailing under the Verrazano Bridge means your, your vacation is officially underway. You can kind of uh, extrapolate that back <laughs> to the mustard drill. And when the mustard drill ends and the music kicks back on, tell me, right? You know, there's usually an applause. There's usually a nice little round of applause, a little enthusiasm. Somebody who has already probably been drinking yells out, let's get this party started. And that's fun. I've skipped mustard drills. I've probably skipped my 30 cruises. I've probably skipped two or three of them. 
And people are going to say, Tommy, you can't. No, that's not it's bullshit. You, you, you can't skip a mustard drill. They find you. They find you. It's impossible to skip a mustard. If you're not a count. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's possible. I did it. Okay? I don't have the explanation. I don't know what the policy were and the procedure was for those particular sailings. But I absolutely skipped it. I skipped mustard drills. It happened. Uh, I don't do it anymore. A lot of the crazy stuff I used to do on cruise ships, I just don't do anymore. We know that already. Um, what else did I want to say about mustard drills? Oh, yeah, think about it. And this is not a commentary as to they shouldn't exist. I understand why they are completely necessary. But it's just an interesting thought that we spend so much time on every. Think about how many, as you're sitting there doing whatever you're doing, you're in your car, you're mowing your lawn, you're on a treadmill, you're on a train, whatever you are right now, there are, I don't know, three and a half, three, three or 400 cruise ships out right now. Every single one of them went uh, received some sort of a mustard drill and we do that every single day of every single sailing for something that has never happened deploying lifeboats can you imagine deploying lifeboats it has never happened if you were when i was on this last celebration cruise i've mentioned it already before so i'm repeating myself but i'll do it when they got on that loudspeaker you start to go through your things go through your mind. I remember like it was yesterday, clear as day, walking through the gateway, walking past the latitudes bar, and boop. Now I remember I had just seen a bunch of guys with the red uh, flame retardant suits uh, running around, and they would you know seem like they were concerned. Couple that with announcement, a voice you've never heard, a woman's voice who sounded serious you've never heard of. Ladies and gentlemen, there has been technical difficulties. There's been, wait, what was the word she used? There's been uh, something like technical difficulties. It was very, very bizarre. And, uh, and, and oh, that's, that's all she said. Please wait for further instructions. And I'm telling you, everybody that was on that ship within an eye shot of me stopped exactly what they were doing in their tracks. And everybody was like, ooh, that's just, there was just a tone to it. And you know there was a fire. I know there was a fire because I saw a bunch of people come out with shop vacs, like literally a, le- a parade of 11 shop vacs ran right through bingo afterwards. My point is, is that, you know, life uh, lifeboats being deployed. I know, though, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, and this predates me from a cruising standpoint, but if I'm not mistaken, the mustard drills were made mandatory ever since the Costa Concordia disaster. And yeah, that's one. That was an absolute disaster at sea. Complete disaster at sea. But that's one time. One time. Yeah, there's been ships that have sank in like the early, early, early days, but Think about it since cruising was really modernized back in, what, 1970s, 1970, early 70s. What has happened to where any of the information that is given in a mustard drill needs to be used? Just an interesting thought. It's just a commentary as to something that is given so much weight and so much emphasis is put on the information that's in those mustard drills for something that is so unlikely, so unlikely. Let's knock on the wood again. Let's do a little knocking on that wood. Anyway, I want to say what's up to the Carnival Elation. Yeah, because why? Yeah, because that's what I do. Sometimes I talk to cruise ships. But yeah, Carnival Elation is 25 years old. So a very, very, very special happy birthday 
to the Carnival Elation. And you guys know Carnival Elation, member of that fantasy class within Carnival. And uh, it's kind of interesting because when it came out, you know, you had the Carnival Elation kind of came out around the same time as the Carnival Paradise. I believe the Carnival Elation is a little older. Uh, and, and back then, that was the cutting edge of cruising. And it eventually became, you know, an oversaturated a class of ships at one time i remember just the carnival fleet uh fantasy class made up about 40 percent of it when i was breaking in and i would always just give a hard time to the fantasy class i'm like carnival you like what are you doing with these you know toy ships running around but again there was a time when this was the best of the best of what cruising had to offer and then yeah even well beyond when it was, you know, the cutting edge, it was still just such an efficient, efficient vessel. All of them were just efficient money makers for Carnival. Until again, like we talked about, Carnival had to get very creative and find ways to cut costs. And the fantasy class of ships were the ones that would go. Uh, and there's two left. So you have the Carnival Elation and you have the Carnival Paradise. And, you know, now, so they went from absolute cutting edge to oversaturated as far as carnival ships too many of them and antiquated and this and that and now to me a carnival these two ships should be around for a while because this is going to be a very rare look into carnival cruising of yesteryear for a very long time they're almost going to be like uh, exhibit pieces you know what i mean of all the ships as these ships get newer and more modern with all these attractions and features on them you're going to have these carnival uh fantasy class ships out there like the elation 25 years old that are going to be relics but they're going to have a very very distinct charm to them and here's a known fact a little known fact about carnival elation ready the first ship to have azipods do you guys know what an azipod is i'll do it really quick doesn't necessarily i know i'll lose some of you with this but hang in there it's only going to be a minute so an azipod is a propulsion system and you know i don't have a uh, full knowledge of it but the carnival elation was the first cruise ship to have azipods azipods were you know it's it's a it's a piece of equipment that it's a propeller that enables the ship to be dragged instead of pushed throughout the water they're located on the back end of the ship now crew the the way that these cruise ships used to be navigated was with these big motors that had to be uh stored inside the hull of the ship the azipod allowed for a the motor to be stored outside of the ship so that that could make a whole bunch of room inside the ship for things like staterooms or storage or crew areas or whatever. So that made cruising way, way more efficient that the motors could be stored in the uh, outside of the hull below in a pod and still be controlled by the bridge. Now, they're also important because they had full 360 rotatability on them too. And they're just really, really powerful. And what they're also, so what, what, you know, ships go straight, right? The regular motor will send the ship going straight. And then you have thrusters that can allow the ship to move directly side to side. This took away the need for thrusters to be at the back of the ship. There still are bow thrusters. Now, just to kind of, you know, put it in perspective, those work together. 
So the, the azipods at the back of the ship not only propel the ship and are the main engine sort of the main you know system that that pushes the ship forward, pulls the ship forward, I should say, but they also work in conjunction with the bow thrusters to be able to turn the ship. And with the invention of the azipods, ships were able to decrease the radius in which they would need to fully turn around by about 20-30%. So instead of having to do a big looping turn, they could more or less spin now because of these azipods. And this is a technology that's used on many, if not all, cruise ships or some variation of it. See, there's a misconception out there too. Azipods is a brand name, you know. When you stick something in your ear to try to get wax out, you don't say, give me a cotton swab. You say, give me a Q-tip, right? But the reality is it's a cotton swab. Q-tip is a brand name. Azipod has become so synonymous with this piece of technology that people call it an Azipod now. When only one brand name is an Azipod and they have many other companies that do variations of this same technology. But that's that's the Azipod and the Carnival Elation and it's a much smoother ride too. You know what I mean? You don't you don't have to use it's much more efficient as far as you could you could run those motors. You would have to get a steel engine just for those motors that were in there kind of controlling, you know, the, the way the ship ran. Now you just need a generator that you can that you can supply with electricity and those motors would need gas. Now you just need a uh, now you just need electricity, a generator that gets electricity to that motor that's outside the ship that can provide a smoother ride, just more efficiency overall. Uh, Carnival Elation, 25 years old. For what else are they famous for? Oh, they had a murder on the Carnival Elation. 2018, there was a, 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 a horrible, a horrific, a disgusting human being. Uh, he was a 55-year-old man, went on a cruise ship, a birthday cruise with his wife, who had just turned 50 years old. And he ended up, you know, they got into an argument. He ended up choking her in his stateroom, which is very, very high on the ship. And they had a balcony, and he uh, he threw her out. He threw her out of out of the off the balcony, and unfortunately, she uh, she passed away from blunt force trauma uh, on a deck below. And uh, horrible, horrible story. I feel like one of the women now out there who uh, <laughs> I don't know, mean to you know bring the show to I don't, I don't it's a very somber topic to discuss but you know i i always wonder why those murder stories those murder documentaries are so popular and i spend so much time like you know wondering why these women out there these women what is what is the obsession with women and murder documentaries they love it they, they just want to watch sick i could never watch those things because I get so mad, because I see some just, I mean, freak outcast of society who decides I'm going to just start taking people's lives. I, I get so angry with these sw- sick, twisted social disasters that just for whatever reason, they think, okay, I'll kill people now. I, I My blood would boil watching these things. And I just would say whatever, you know, again, it's... It's, it's it's a known thing. Women seem to tend to gravitate towards these things. And I used to wonder, what the hell's wrong with these women? Kay. Kay absolutely loves it. And I get yelled at a lot for, you know, making fun of the, the content that Kay watches on TV. So I'll try to scale back from that. But uh, I I, I kind of checked myself with that. 
because you can't get mad at women for watching these psycho killer serial killer documentaries and 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 and, and sinking their teeth into them so much when us fellas i mean come on i mean how 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 into mob movies are we right how how into a and mob documentaries i could tell you everything about the Gambino crime family it's just because i just i'm like i'm stuck to it i'm 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 attracted to the 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 the, the that type of stuff you know or even biker gangs you know we like i guess with guys as long as it's an, it's an organized group and there's a there's a bigger picture the murdering i'll say that for my for the for the guys for the fellas who who like see there's the murder serial killers that type of stuff that's just sick twisted freaks of nature so that makes me mad at least with the mobster stuff the, the murder is not excusable but it's a means to an end it's collateral damage it's somebody's in the way of something bigger and greater in their minds that's my little excuse as to why it's okay to watch gangster movies and mafia documentaries over uh psycho serial killer stuff i'm just having some fun out there with that but that's not really it's not fun no you know don't have don't have fun with murder tommy how about that but I, I, I'm trying to talk about the damn 25th birthday of Carnival Elation, and now it's now it's gone to murder. Let's move on to Joy. How about that? The Norwegian Joy. Uh, I do have to. I checked out Cruise Radio. I always check out cruiseradio.net. Uh, I've been trying to be pretty active on my website with uh, at alwaysbebooked.com. If you want to check it out, I think I'm pretty up to date when it comes to news stories, and uh, I'm doing pretty well with that. But... I can't say that, uh, you know, I'm going to have the stuff first. I'm not going to have the... If you want that stuff, go to cruiseradio.net. And cruiseradio.net has reported that the Norwegian Joy has announced that there will be a dry dock. And that will result in the cancellation of all sailings, all four sailings, between January 6th and February 10th. Uh, they cite enhancements that will go on on the cruise ship. I don't necessarily see anything regarding any over-the-top amplifications or 2.0 style stuff, Norwegian version of that. Uh, so I think it's basically general standard maintenance, uh, you know, new carpets, some new paint, stuff like that. I don't know. But uh, I guess we'll find out more details on that. Uh, Norwegian uh, Joy is second in the breakaway plus class of ships and she has been preceded by norwegian escape which was built a year before her and she was followed by norwegian bliss and encore she was originally purpose-built for the asian market but then in 2019 they gave her an overhaul to be more suited for us westerners but if you want a little bit more details on that dry dock and the cancellations and all that other information go to cruiseradio.net all right uh, a little uh, word from our buddy Morgan and then we'll get into your emails hey Cones sorry to interrupt Tommy's rambling but I don't have a lot of time and I wanted to ask you about your next cruise we know there are lots of decisions to make such as where do I want to go how can I get the best deal and which cruise line is right for me whether you're traveling solo with friends or your entire family always be booked we'll make sure we find the perfect cruise for you you can book direct, but remember, cruise line representatives are going to operate in the interest of the cruise line. And don't get me started on those third-party websites. If you are looking for someone who is going to spend the time it takes to ensure that you find the cruise ship, ports of call, and excursions that are right for you, then go to alwaysbebooked.com or email 
Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's face it, we are all searching for those moments of pure cruise bliss. And based on your detailed conversation with Tommy, we'll make sure it happens for you over and over again. For the most personal and detailed cruise planning assistance, reach out directly to Tommy and he will make the process as enjoyable as the cruise itself. Whoa, Morgan, don't you think we're exaggerating? Now, Tommy, please let me do my job. My bet. Always be booked. It's a podcast. It's a community. And dare I say, it's a lifestyle. Go to alwaysbebooked.com right now and let's start planning your next adventure at sea. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become an absolute lifeblood of the show. So keep them coming. If you want to be a part of the show, all you have to do is write me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you have a question, concern, comment, or correction on anything regarding anything I've said here or anything going on in cruising in general, just hit me up, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. We do not only welcome them, we thrive off of your emails. And I did want to remind you, if you have not done so yet, please join our Facebook group. That is the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook, Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. Let me repeat that. Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge. It's a group on Facebook, closed group. I'll let you right in and you can join in. It's where we do most of our community building. It's where I get to know you guys. You guys get to know each other. We break chops, we share photos, we share videos, we share information, we answer questions, and it's a cool little community, and it is green and growing. Also, Instagram, always be booked. And again, please, YouTube, if you have not subscribed to YouTube, the Always Be Booked channel on YouTube, that would be great. We have a live stream coming up this uh, Wednesday, as we always do. It's 8 p.m. We do cruise trivia. Now, the cruise trivia is just for fun. We throw it out there. There is a winner every week, and we do celebrate that. But again, sometimes I give wrong answers, <laughs> and sometimes uh, the order is screwed up in which people do answer. But we do interact. Let's look at it as like a live stream with a little bit of trivia and overall cruise chat. That's what we do there. And then we stop that hard at 9 p.m., and then we invite you to go over to the ship show with uh, John Klaikowski, and he does his uh, his whole thing over there. Uh, great show. Obviously, the ship show live streams are cemented in cruising lore, and they will be for a while. And he's back in action. He's doing his thing. It's a good time over there, the ship show, right after the Always Be Booked live stream. So we start at 8, end at 9, 9 o'clock, you go over to the ship show, and you are all Set. I do want to, before I read the first email, remind you that we still have openings for the Always Be Booked Pirates and Pier Runners 2023 group cruise. I struggle with this one. I struggle with this because I know as I sit here the time you're going to have. And I know you may be looking over, you know, well, I could do the Norwegian Prima on a similar date, but. I may take, but I might take off work for this, my days off, whatever it is. If you, if you want to, if you want to trust me with something, trust me with this. You're going to want to uh, tailor your vacation plans to this cruise. It's on the Carnival Celebration. It's on October 8th. It runs to the 15th. There's already 25 people that are booked solid. And there's more that are in the pipe that I that I'm 
talking to. So I don't know. Maybe it gets to 30, 40, even 50. Who knows? But I can tell you right now that there's something to be said for different things. You, you cruise on different sailings for different reasons. Sometimes it's because it's a deal you can't refuse. Sometimes it's because it went to a place you've never been to. Sometimes it's because it's on this crazy ship that just came out and you're a ship person. But sometimes it's the crew and the experience. And this particular sailing has I mean, I think it checks all the boxes because celebration, who doesn't want to go on the celebration? I can tell you right now, you want to go on the celebration. It's an Eastern Caribbean run, which is, to me, the uh, the crown jewel of runs. But most importantly, you are going to be with a wacky band of pirates. And don't get it wrong. If you're not necessarily a crazy cruiser, if you don't participate in the libations and the revelry at the level that some of us do... You're still going to find your tribe on this sailing. Whether you have a family that you want to bring, a significant other, a partner, or solo, I'm telling you to get on board for this cruise because it's going to be, It's I, I again, when it's over, then you'll say, okay, I get it. You are right. Now, maybe you don't come on next year's because you know what? You did it. You checked that off the list, but I'm telling you. You're going to love this cruise, and you can inquire about it to me at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Hi, Tommy. After a 1,021-day wait since my last cruise, me and my family and a friend and her son boarded the Carnival Splendor out of Sydney, Australia to the South Pacific. It was a great cruise and the best one I have ever been on, or maybe it feels like it was because it had been 1,021 days between cruises. I can definitely say that changes were noticeable post-pandemic, but this did not affect my cruise whatsoever. Little things, changes like you had to pick up your complimentary water from the bar instead of it waiting for you in your stateroom, and no tablecloths in the MDR. Charging $3 for coffee at dinner time in the MDR, which is caffeinated mud anyway, so I don't drink it. We had so much cruise credit from the three previous canceled cruises that we enjoyed shore excursions like snorkeling and kayaking. The one thing on the cruise that pisses me off, though, is those cruises that think they have a right to reserve those cruisers that think they have a right to reserve the Sun Lounge, and unfortunately, there is a lot of them. Carnival should change their rules that if you leave your stuff unattended for more than 20 minutes, it becomes lost property, and you can retrieve it from guest services. I know there will be listeners out there that do this, but I don't care. We need to share the cruising experience and not be so bloody selfish. On a light note, I am predominantly a beer drinker, but this time I decided to try a few cocktails. My wife convinced me to go up to the Serenity Bar and ask the barman for a kiss on the lips, only to be told that they don't have them at this bar and I need to go to the Red Frog Rum Bar for those. Your song at the end of your podcast is so engraved in my head that I said I can have a pina colada then for the first... Then. Your song at the end of your podcast is so engraved in my head that I said... Can I have a pina colada then? First time drinking a pina colada and I loved it. All in all, great cruise memories and can't wait to do it again, Brad. Brad, thank you so much for the email. Couple of things here. I will say that the Carnival Splendor is my favorite cruise ship 
on planet Earth. Uh, there's a charm to it. There's a the, there's things that I like about the layout of that ship that just are just warm my heart every time I get on it. It's a large mid-sized ship. It's a mid-sized ship, but it's on the larger side of the mid-sized ship. We all know about the aft pool, the nightclub layout, uh, the the everything on that ship speaks to what I enjoy about cruising. I even like the Lido deck. I don't know. There's something charming to me about that. Um, that 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 that. You know, the retractable roof on the Lido deck. And when they close it, that smell in the air is just nostalgic to me. The chlorine pizza smell on the Carnival Splendor just does it for me. And, uh, yeah, I'm so jealous that you get to experience it in Australia. The one thing I don't like at all is the fact that they took away that beautiful, you know, adult uh, only aft section of the ship. And they turned it into a very, very quiet uh, Serenity Lounge. I don't like that. That's awesome that you got so much cruise credit, and then you did. You were able to do those excursions. Um, the the no tablecloths is a thing called American Table. Carnival launched that program, and it was a perfect. It was hysterical because it's you know it's 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 like launching a new program that you're supposed to get excited about. Whether it's playlist productions. Hey, listen, Carnival introduces playlist productions now it's main dining room entertainment without a band just a backtrack you know and there's some sp- and that's not a knock on the on the players because they're very talented and there are some you know really cool guitar riffs and stuff like that but you know what playlist productions is it's uh they, they took away the expense that's associated with the uh the the, the orchestra the the pit orchestra and then with American Table, you know, they they deformalized the dining room. And they said, hey, introducing Carnival's American Table. Yeah, what it is is basically you don't get linens anymore. You get a less than experience. Based on, you know, there's a comedian named Tim Dillon. And this is off the rails a little bit, tangent time a little bit. There's a comedian named Tim Dillon, and he is very, he's a genius to me. He's not for everybody. He's definitely over the top. He definitely is blue. He works blue. Forgive the expression for, you know, a dirty comic. And But he's very, very smart. And he's as much of a social commentator as he is a comedian. And I just enjoy the perspective. Do I agree with everything he says? Not even close. But I do enjoy listening to people that I disagree with and the, and the, the angle in which they come from. So he says that... Ever since 9-11 was a time when uh, when 9-11 happened, people uh, – before 9-11, everything was about high-end. High-end was celebrated. Fine dining restaurants were celebrated. Uh, you wanted to be fancy. Everybody wanted to be part of fancy culture and, you know, high-end just in general. When 9-11 hit, that changed – and this is his perspective – that uh, things changed and people – realized that that was not the most important thing in life and you know you didn't have to go through all this trouble to make things so fancy and you know maybe because of horrific things that have happened to society and the potential of those things being able to happen we should appreciate the smaller things we should simplify and dumb down and then he says if you look across new york city restaurants basically started to look like they were unfinished you would see more exposed brick you would see a lot of the duct work being used as decor uh use the term industrial simplified 
dumbed down. Now, that's not necessarily what's happened in cruising, but I think cruising used that, I guess, push towards less formality. Let's just talk carnival is in terms of dining. They used that, uh, I guess, wave or that trend of becoming less formal for whatever reason, and they applied that to their concept that they launched, which is American dining, which were, oh, wow, look at this. It's cool. It's simple. It's dumbed down. It's kind of, you know, but really what they don't have to do is more laundry. Yeah. Is there a sustainability factor to it? Is it greener to go that route? Yes. But you know what? I prefer you just call it what it is, you know, just say, hey, we're cutting some costs, (laughs) but I don't know. That's, uh, that's deep, but hey, listen, and that's weird. Yeah, I know they that's the one thing. You you fall in love with some cocktails on Carnival, and you'll find that they're only available in certain places. And I guess that's all cruise lines. Carnival, as I had mentioned, uh, is way, way far in advance as far as craft cocktails than any other cruise ship. You know, that's the thing about Carnival. Carnival, to me, is my favorite cruise line. That's just I, I can say that now. And it probably took me 25 cruises to be able to say that. And there's things that I dislike about Carnival, but it's such a fine margin. Like Carnival, here's this. Ready for a stat? I've done other cruise lines. Obviously, I've done MSC. I've done uh, Virgin. I've done Margaritaville at Sea. But as far as the big three goes, as far as the big three goes, ready? I've done ten Carnival ships, cruises. I've done ten Royal Caribbean cruises. I've done nine Norwegian cruises, and I'm going on a Norwegian in a week and a half, and that'll be 10. So after this cruise, by no design whatsoever, I did not plan this. It wasn't like this extreme balancing act that I wanted to do, not even close, but just by happenstance, in two weeks, I will have gone on 10 of each of the big three cruises. And that is just a testament that I don't, necessarily subscribe to i have to be loyal to one cruise one cruise line i should say so that's all i'm saying but having said that i can tell you by a very narrow margin carnival is my favorite cruise line and here's what i have to say and what i'll say now you would think carnival is my favorite cruise line by a long stretch but they are not they are my favorite cruise line by a very thin margin But what you have to say about Carnival, what I have to say about Carnival, is that it is the cruise line that is the clear-cut best in so many categories. I can't think of a... Royal Caribbean is entertainment, okay? We'll give that, as far as the big three. We're going with that. Even if you want to put MSC in there, big four, Royal Caribbean, hands down. But when you talk about, for me, comedy, nobody touches Carnival. When you talk about grab-and-go food, nobody touches Carnival. When you talk about the piano bar experience, nobody touches Carnival. When you talk about steak at sea amongst the big three, nobody touches Carnival. When you talk about comedy on board, nobody touches Carnival. When you talk about the next-level commitment to over-the-top craft cocktails and craft beer, the drinking experience as a whole, nobody touches Carnival. Argue with me on any of those. You could you could argue with me on the steak. I guess you could argue with me on the piano if you like a much more subdued experience. Like there, you know what? I got to take the carnival back. I got to take the piano back. 
because Howl at the Moon does rival and 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 it might be better it might be better than carnival if it if it's not it's close so i can't say clear cut anymore grab and go food experience you're gonna you're gonna argue with me on that anybody want to argue me on comedy nobody's arguing with me grab and go food nobody's arguing with me steak you can't argue with me you'd be wrong um that's it so so again with all those clear-cut craft cocktail experience you can't argue with me whatsoever you can't having said that you would think that carnival's by far no it's still very very close but i gotta give carnival those categories that's just where where i'm coming from um and then what uh the the chair hoggers yes the chair hog thing is just something that you're not gonna it's a it's a it's a it's an age-old fight they have that policy i don't think it's 20 minutes i think it's 40 minutes you'll see a sign at some point Hey, this stuff is unattended. If it's not picked up in, I don't know, however many minutes, it's going to be brought to, you know, the towel section or, like you said, guest services, wherever it is. So the policy is in place. It's just a matter of do they really enforce it? It's there to be enforced. I think it's not enforced to the T, to the letter, but I, th- I don't think it's a zero tolerance, but I think it is enforced if the chair hogging in any particular situation becomes egregious. Anyway, Brad, thank you so much for the email. Hi, Tommy. I've been listening to your podcast since October. Signed up for the Patreon yesterday. I am also a content creator. Whenever I get a new patron, I want to know who they are, so it's my wild curiosity. Based in Indiana, I host the... Here's a little plug here, I guess. All right, we got a little plug going. The Boss Hog of Liberty podcast, six years and counting, doing a weekly long-form show. We are like the Meet the Press meets Parks and Recreation. Really? All right. Probably going to check that out. Wanted to tell you that you're doing a great job creating a community and creating engagement among your network. My wife and I have been cruising since our honeymoon in 2018 with a brief 2020 interruption. Three cruises on the calendar. Next month, we're doing our first Mexican Riviera on NCL Joy. It's a group cruise with 12 of you. That's awesome. Uh, In September, we have the NCL Escape from New York City to Canada and New England. And in February of 2024, we are on an NCL Viva sailing from San Juan to the Southern Caribbean. That open bar package is spectacular. Much like Doug Parker, our other love is camping we spend about 50 nights a year in our travel trailer going from indie car races visiting state parks and just seeing the world both have the advantage of having all the comforts of home not having to repack constantly to visit different spots and wildly affordable if you ever should make your way through indiana i would love to have you on b-h-o-l see that's how you know when you have a big podcast you acronym it b-h-o-l and again, boss hog, boss hog of liberty. Uh, don't be a stranger. Keep the great content coming. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, thank you. Thank you for joining the Patreon. You know my diatribe in the middle. Uh, let me know that even though if I don't effectively communicate it enough all the time, the Patreons are very, very, very near and dear to my heart because they are providing me with uh, my only <laughs> source of income, period, uh, and, uh, you know, it's what it is. And so, But besides that, and dare I say more important than that, as important as that is, just being able to kind of know 
that you guys are there. Because when I have a conversation, in my mind, yes, it is one-sided and it is me talking into a microphone uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a curious rate of which I'm able to sustain that with nobody else in the room. <laughs> but I do know that you guys are there. And knowing people like you, Jeremiah, are there and you being a symbol of the fact that this whole thing is green and growing uh, is so, so, so appreciated. And yeah, I'm definitely going to check out your podcast. And if I am in Indiana, I will, uh, I'll hop into the B-O-H, uh, what is it? B-O-H-L, B-H-O-L studios. Tommy, if you keep doing this live stream over and over, before you know it, there will be constantly a large amount, a consistent, uh, there will be constantly a, be a large amount of people. Uh, so he's talking about the live stream, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. This is coming from someone who refuses to pay for cruise content, as it's not a priority in my life. However, here I am paying for your Patreon. So I know for a fact you can kill it on YouTube with ad revenue. Michael. Michael, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you joining Patreon, despite the fact that you normally don't do those types of things uh, regarding cruising. But I will say, you know, it's uh, it's interesting that you say that. Will the live stream be the catalyst that pushes more Patreonites? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, I, I do. I'm, I've been hearing a little bit more chatter about the show being a little bit more tightened up, uh, hearing a little bit more focus from me, and uh, you know, celebrating the fact that you know this thing is kind of moving in the right direction. So uh, emails like this are exactly what I need. You know, the emails like this are fuel. I don't want to say LNG because the jury's still out on LNG, guys. I'm hearing more stuff, even not cruising related. I heard on another podcast people talking about LNG and talking about methane that comes from gas, from methane, and how it heats up the atmosphere at a rate that's more than double the amount of uh, uh, that 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 um, that carbon does, that carbon fuel does. Uh, anyway, but Michael, I do appreciate it. Welcome to the uh, mega cone hood and, uh, you know, love having you and I appreciate that. You, and hopefully we'll see. We'll see if the uh, the revenue comes in uh, from the ads. Hello, Thomas. My wife and I are booked on the Carnival Conquest out of Miami in March. We are flying in a day early like the responsible adults were aspiring to be. <laughs> I love it. We will arrive early Sunday morning for a Monday embarkation. We plan to head straight to Key West for the day as neither of us have been. What are some of the quick highlights and maybe a nice restaurant we could check out before heading back? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Thanks for all your hard work while you chase your dream, Greg. Greg, this is this is unprecedented. This is not impossible, okay? This is not impossible. You can do it. But I've never heard of this. I've never heard of someone driving into Miami and then driving to Key West on the day they drive in only to drive back. It doesn't sound awful. Listen, are you ready? Listen, the beauty of that is, yeah, it's a car ride. It's It can be three hours each way if the traffic is, is rough. You can do it in... And two and a half. The thing is, is that you look at the mileage, you know, it's only like 80, 90 miles. So you, it's not that imposing to you when you look at the miles. But the problem is, is that it's one freaking road. So you are never going to be able to get into that. You can't. You can't. You will not get into that stretch where you could do 75, 80. Maybe in some spots, but for the most part, 
I don't know. Cohen, you tell me. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Has, has anybody done that before? Flown in the day before the cruise. On the day you fly in, drive to Key West to return to Miami for your sailing? I, I, I respect it. I almost want to say don't do it because it's six hours of driving prior to your cruise. But... Key West Drive, it's like walking in New York City. Ever walk down Broadway in New York City? You can peel off three, four miles like it's nothing because there's so much to look at. When you're driving to Key West, yeah, you're driving and it sucks, but if you have that right vehicle, you rent in a car, get a convertible, uh, and, and it could be a nice, pleasant drive. But you're going to turn around and hightail it back. Obviously, you can't go too hard the night before. You're packing a lot into a little. And you know what? From an experimentational standpoint, good for you. I'm glad you're trying this. Greg, I want to hear how this went for you. This is happening in March. Please keep us posted, Greg. P.S. Not sure if you remember or not. I'm Greg that suggested you try Cheetos and ketchup on a live stream back there. Yes, I remember that. And uh, unfortunately, Greg, I do not want to disappoint you. Apologetically, I tell you. That to this day, I still have not tried uh, Cheetos and ketchup. Tommy, I know that Doug preaches trip insurance and I often heed his sponsor's advice. What is your algorithm if you have one? I can answer that quickly. No, I don't. I don't have much of an algorithm in any direction. For buying cruise insurance, meaning under what circumstances would you invest in trip insurance? For me, it's if the cruise all told all told, including airfare and hotel stays for me and my family, me solo, or all three of us together, exceeds four grand. Have you ever regretted not buying travel insurance? Good luck with the camera. Don't give up. Daniel. Daniel Roberts, one of the best that ever did it. A legend, um, a familiar and friendly face. And for the first time, I am going to meet Daniel in a week and a half on board the, uh, the car- no, not carnival, the Norwegian Breakaway on the vloggers cruise so yeah what am i i I said this on the patreon last night like what am i doing (laughs) i i I don't we don't lie to each other cones i what am i doing i have no business booking that cruise i don't have the income it's a freaking 12 hour drive i just got all fired up Uh, people just start talking about stuff and i get fomo i do yeah it's a bucket list i have no idea yeah, I would not book this cruise if I had it back. I, if I could cancel this cruise, I would. <laughs> that does not. Listen, anybody who's going on this cruise and listening to that, that does not mean I am not absolutely thrilled and excited to meet all of you. I can't wait for this cruise. I'm pumped. I'm counting the days to this cruise. But as a uh, the resp- responsible adult that I'm aspiring to be, <laughs> as Greg said, uh, yeah, I shouldn't have booked this cruise. I had no business booking this cruise. This was dumb. This was dumb. And uh, But I, the way I looked at it also was like, you know what? Blaze of glory. Let's go out in a blaze of glory. You know what? If I end up, in an, uh, if I end up living under an underpass in three weeks, uh, I'll look back and I'll look at that Dodge Ram driving by as I wave and ask them for a quarter. And they'll question me, how'd you end up getting out here? What, what 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 in your life ended you uh, put you in a position where you're living under this overpass? I'll look him dead in the eye and say, "Hey man, 
I did the things. All right. <laughs> but no, I'm actually very pumped for this group cruise, this uh, vloggers group cruise. I, uh, yes, Doug does a great job uh, promoting trip insurance, and so does his sponsor, especially when they jump on the show. Because trip insurance is pretty complicated. There's a lot of moving parts to trip insurance. And I I do. Uh, The responsible adult in me, uh, deep in me, is uh, listens to Doug when he says at the beginning, if the short answer is if you're traveling, you need to get trip insurance. And I, I didn't say it the exact way he does, but that's the sentiment. I haven't gotten it. I haven't gotten trip insurance and uh, you know that's per- that might be a little ignorant on my part, but here we are. Have not buying it at all. I'm not a trip insurance guy on my show. I don't have an algorithm. I don't think. Uh, I've never not regretted it. But let's let's go there again. You know, I do think about it on some sailings. You know, who knows? You know, if you go to with me, to me, trip insurance comes into play. I'm thinking about it most. Very simple answer. The answer is I don't have much to do with trip insurance. But the very simple answer to your question, Daniel, is the times I am most tempted to purchase trip insurance are the times when I am traveling furthest away from home. You know what I mean? If I peer run and miss the ship, if I fall off the side of a mountain, and I gotta, I'm thinking when I'm far away from home, that's the most likely I will be in terms of purchasing trip insurance. Anyway, that's the show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, what else? Go on the group cruise, guys. At least let's open the conversation about it. You guys are the best. Boat drinks cones. 